children can uh, go to their Sunday school if they like. Praise God. God is so good. Amen. God is so good. Hey, you know, I, I get self-conscious when I say that because it, it almost becomes a byword. You know, just so, hey, how you doing? You know, well, I don't want to treat God that way. When I say God is good. Amen. I want to mean it every time. Yes. Amen. I believe my heart means it every time, but even, even so, we can get into a habit of literally doing anything. But when I say God is good, I want to, I want to mean it every time. Amen. You know, uh, several times in the Psalms, 107, 118, other places, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Yeah. And it's for his mercy endureth forever. Right? Amen. Praise God. Yes. Psalm 100 says something similar. And his mercy endureth to all generations. You know, but it's, it's a similar statement. And I've said this, and it's a little grim. It's a little morbid. But if I should die, I've asked the Lord for many years now. Lord God, don't let me die. Don't let me die. I want to see you coming. Now, that's his business. It's not my business. He hasn't told me whether or not I'm going to get to see him come back or not. But if I should die... Before that day, I want it on my gravestone. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Yes. For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Praise God. Anybody believe in the mercy of God? Yes. 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 Anybody believe that the Lord has shown you mercy? Yes. yes. Praise God. But you know what's even better? The mercy, I think, is grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He's, not, he's not only withheld us from the things that we really, truly, and honestly deserve. He's given us everything that pertaineth until life yeah, godliness. Praise God. Hallelujah. And there's no reason to get an unworthy spirit. If he's given it to us by default, we are worthy to receive it. Amen. Praise God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. God is so good. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Any testimonies, praise reports. Uh, I feel like the Lord laying a word. I don't want to I don't want to just be you know habitual with that kind of thing, but I don't want to neglect. You guys, if you feel like you have a word, you guys, brother here, go ahead. I just want to um, thank everyone for their prayers. Um, Amen. Pretty quickly, and I believe that it was from everyone praying uh, for me to get well from COVID. So thank you. Thank you, thank you Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. freedom and the Holy Ghost. Someone else today? Anybody? Could be anyone? Anybody? The kids are already gone, so they can't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Praise God. All right, that's fine. That's okay. Oh, Brother Tim, I see you itching to get up over there. <laughs> um, I just want to say, you know, um, they even write songs about it, but, uh, I mean, things can become cliche, but this is not, you know, like, I'm so glad to be a part of the, the family of God, yes. you know, the real family of Amen. God, the body of Christ. Yes. Um, and, uh, I'm just thankful, you know, um, I know that those who came up and prayed for me, in, including you, you know, and especially, but um, that I know that, you know, you were led of the Lord, and, you know, okay. it was the love of God, you know, and uh, I'm just thankful for that. So I, I'm thankful for God's work in your life, you know, uh, yeah. in, in all of your life, you know, and um, it's just such an honor. And a privilege is to be a part of the family of God, whether least or greatest, it don't matter, you know. Um, 
it's it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of the family of God. Yes. 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 God is faithful. Yes, he is. Um, there's so many one another commands in the scripture. God works through his body. I mean, yes. God can sovereignly work however he wants. Yes. But why does he call us? What does he say? Do not forsake the assemblings of yourself. Um, as, you know, others as the who have, right, yeah. and others who have, you know what I mean? What, what was the consequence? Uh, um, I can read it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it, it, you know, it's, it's not good. It's just like, you know, if I take my arm out, off, the rest of my body suffers, but that arm definitely withers away and dies. Right. You know? So it's like, I mean, we desperately need the head, but the I can't say to the yes. foot, I do not need you. We can't yes. say to one another, I don't need you. You know, um, Jesus said, you mess with the least of these, you mess with me. Yes. So he takes it personal. So, you know, yeah, God is good. It makes me want to keep changing for him. Hallelujah. And for souls. Amen. You know, Amen. And for my brothers and sisters, too. Praise God. And so, anyhow, God bless you. And thank Praise you. God. Praise God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord again. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Praise your name. I feel a, just, I feel a liberty in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Uh, while Tim, uh, Brother Tim was um, speaking, I heard a voice in the back. Say amen. I realized for the first time Sister Aretha's here today. Praise God. Uh, praise couldn't God. see you, Sister. I couldn't. The, the light behind you was shining so brightly I couldn't see who you were. So I'm glad to hear your voice. Amen. <laughs> praise amen. God. Amen. The Lord has done some great things. Amen. amen. The Lord amen. is healing, changing, yes. delivering. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. Anybody else? You know, I uh, I don't have to hog all the time here. Praise God. I will. I just don't have to. Praise God. You got something else? Yeah. Okay, let everybody else go. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that God's not only healing my body, but, and I do feel much better. Praise God. But Praise he's God. healing my heart. I mean, yes. like, my soul, you know? Like, he's mm -hmm. changing me more and more, you know? Delivering me from more and more selfishness, you know? And and filling that gap with uh, a love, more of a love for him and a love for, for souls. It's awesome. You know, God is good. God is so good. Amen. 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 Who agrees with that? Amen. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the, the scripture that the Lord laid on my heart uh, today while, while we were worshiping the Lord is uh, Jude. Book of Jude. A little, little tiny little letter. Uh, all the way near the end of your Bible, right in front of the book, Revelation. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that's for the folks that may not know where it is. It can get lost easy. But uh, it's not a lost book. It's there. Jude. It's, uh, it's a, just a 25-verse letter. Um, there's no general consensus on even who this Jude is. Some people believe it's this guy or this guy. But whoever he was, I believe he was anointed of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't believe the Lord would have allowed this book here near the end of the epistle, at the end of the epistles, if it wasn't God's will to do it. 
How many believes in the Almighty God? Amen. How many believes in the power of God to get a word to us? Hallelujah. Whether it's out of the word of God or whether it's out of the spirit or whether it's out of an audible voice from heaven. Amen. I keep getting reminded of that passage in Peter where it says he moved upon men of old by the Holy Ghost. Yes. Right? They spake as the Lord moved upon them by the Holy Ghost. I'm remembering the audible voice of God that came down from heaven. Now, I don't think there should be any reason to throw this thing aside for anything. Right. Praise God. This this is our foundation. This is what locks us into place. This is what roots us and grounds us. Hallelujah. This is what teaches us. Hallelujah. It founds us. It it keeps us on the rock and out of the clay, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. We don't ever need to be uh, away from this. And let me encourage you. If you're not reading your Bible every day, and, and I know I said this Wednesday, and I'm going to be a broken record here today. If, if you aren't reading your Bible every day, read it. Pick it up. Pick it up. Open it up. I mean, read something in it. Praise God. Read something out of the Word of God every day. But also don't neglect the Spirit. We're to worship, which means serve Him. We are to serve Him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus chose to use the word spirit first. Amen. Spirit first. Mm-hmm. And in the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how do we know what the truth is? Jesus tells us. Sanctify Jesus them with thy truth. John 17, 17. Thy word is truth. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people pay more attention to this than anything else. And they don't know how to flow after the spirit. Mm-hmm. Other people, they just want to flow after the spirit. And because of that, they miss the grounding of the word, and they, they fly all over the place. Mm-hmm. If we have it both ways, if we have it spirit and truth, we are going to be children of God, yes. mature children of God, mm-hmm. grown up, not tossed about with every one to doctrine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Everything that comes at us is, that, is not, man, this is even what I thought I was going to talk oh, about, but here it is. Praise God. I know this is as basic as you can get. And I know there's some mature folks here. And you might say, hey, come on, pastor, give me some meat. Well, for those who uh, can't chomp on the meat yet, uh, what does Hebrews chapter 5 say? You know, uh, you, you, you might still need to drink some milk because you haven't exercised your senses to know what is good and what's bad. Right. And how do you exercise it? By the word of God. Getting it in you. Putting it in you. Putting it in you. Putting it in you until the day that you can take strong Meat, amen. Uh, hallelujah. So we're trying to grow up a people of God. Uh, this is what the Lord has told us. He's preparing a people for, for the Lord. Amen. amen. This is the, this is what, and I'm not going to get back on the spirit of Elijah, but this is what the spirit of Elijah is for: to prepare a people for their God. To prepare us, because He's coming back, folks. He's coming back. But you know, when we're looking at this book of Jude, um, I've told you guys this before, and I'm not going to try to descend into a teaching lesson, but this is what I believe. It it is absolutely amazing. One thing I can tell you is, folks, whatever you do, don't ever take a secular Bible course. Never. You think I'm joking. I'm not. (laughs) Don't ever go to a secular college and learn about the Bible. Don't ever do it. Because their only purpose, their sole purpose, no matter what their mission statement is, is to get you to deny this book. That's right. If you've taken a Bible course in a secular college, then throw away all your notes, throw away all your books, 
that, that you supposedly learned out of and ask the Lord to erase that stuff of your memory because all it was there for, all that the devil's doing in those places of so-called education is just to destroy people's faith in the Word of God. Having said that, we know that the final order of this book, at least in the New Testament, as the New Testament is concerned, was put together by some crazy guy named Erasmus. Well, did he have the Holy Ghost? Was he Jesus and baptized? Did the Lord lead him to do it? I don't know any of those things. All I know is the normal order of our Bible was put together by some guy named Erasmus. Well, saying that can reduce people's faith. No, no, no. We're wanting to increase your faith today. Amen. That no matter what you're going through in 2021, on February 21, God knows who you are. He knows where you've come from. He knows what trials you're facing today. He knows what trials that you failed in the past, succeeded in the past. He knows how long you've been saved. Amen. He knows everything about you. And he's brought you to a place where he still says, trust me. In the word of God. But also trust that the spirit can still move upon men to speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. To speak and not to worry. And not to sit back and be so suspicious of everything. But not to just swallow all the bones either. Right. Because as we've already attested at the beginning of the service. We're all flawed human beings. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I, I've made plenty of mistakes right uh, up in the front of this church plenty of times. I've been doing this. Or 20 years now, I've made a lot of mistakes. But I'm not so foolish to think that I've made all of them. I can still make mistakes, folks. That's why we need the spirit and the truth. Amen. That's why God has graced us in a time like no other where every single one of us can hold this thing in our hands. You know how rare that is, you know, as far as the timeline goes? I mean, what Bible did they use before the flood? I don't know. I guess they probably didn't have one, right? I mean, what 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 Bible did did uh, people have before Abraham? What Bible? What Bible did Abraham read? Well, I guess he didn't have one. How did they stay saved? Because God would talk to them and they would listen. God would talk to them and they would listen. Amen. Praise God. And when the Word of God began to come. It's not like everybody had a copy of the scroll, right? Not every, everybody wasn't lumbering around with their big scroll of the, of the Torah, right? That's not the way it worked. Those things were expensive. It was painstakingly copied on sheepskins and, and other kinds of material, right? That everybody couldn't get, get, have one. But in, in our day, every single one, there's a stack of Bibles in the back there. Praise God. If you didn't come in with a Bible, you can go up back there and get one and, and read along with us. What a day we live in. We have absolutely no excuse to, not to stay in this word. Amen? Amen. Not to study. And the, the Bible sources that we have today are more, bigger, better, and more expansive than ever in history. Yes. Every, and, and this is not a belittling term, every uh, person, every common person who's not a scholar can pretty much be a scholar mm -hmm. with the sources we have today. Amen? Now, I, I'm not going to give you a list of all the books you need to go to the Bible bookstore and buy. You let the Lord lead you on that. First of all, you need to read this. Amen. Read this. Amen? Amen. It was put at the end, and I think it was on purpose, because the book of Romans was that book that established what an epistle is, what the purpose of these letters are. We see the gospel brought to us through the gospels. We see how to incorporate into the kingdom of God in the book of Acts. But how to live our life in Christ starts in the book of Romans. And it was like this masterful piece of 
of uh, legislature almost that, that Paul wrote down there to, to just pass out to the people of God. Said, this is what it means to live by Christ. Those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That's Romans chapter 8. Amen? Praise God. And, and so many more. How do we? Well, who's going to save me from the body of his death? I thank my God through Jesus Christ. That's Romans chapter 7. Praise God. For the wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, that's in Romans. Now, I'm not going to preach the Romans road here, but I'm saying every word there in that book was to the saved, to the Holy Ghost filled, to the people who had already received uh, their understanding of who the living God was. And, the, and they had already received, received that experience that we see outlined in the book of Acts. But just because you were born into a new faith doesn't mean you know how to operate that walk. You need some men of God who have gone before you. And God will move on and say, Paul, write a letter to these folks. And by the way, write it good because I'm going to let it last for the next 1900 years. And somehow we have a, a letter from, a, from an apostle to a church that he established, like in Corinth, you know, or Ephesus or something like that. Or just a letter that he wanted to write to Rome. He didn't establish that church, but he just wanted to write. He goes, I want to come to you guys, and I want to see if I can bear some fruit among you. Right? You know, and he just writes a letter, and yet we still have it after all these years. But when we get into 1 Corinthians, we see that the maturity level of the saints is really on a low level. He's dealing with stuff that only babies are, in Christ are dealing with. The whole letter. And then when you get to 2 Corinthians, you see that it's kind of like, it's the, the next step of that. You know, and as we go through the epistles, you'll notice that the issues talked about along the way get more and more and more mature, especially when we hit the book of Hebrews. Mm. We enter it to, to a whole new level. Because Hebrews was written to, obviously, the Hebrews. James was written, written to the 12 tribes that were scattered abroad. Peter was writing to the Jews in Babylon, right? And we, and we think maybe 2 Peter was similar. But we see maturity issues in 1, 2, and 3 John. And Jude, finally, is the last one. And this is what he tells us. This is what he tells us. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. What's, who's the letter to? Is this to the common world? No. It is not. It is to us. Yeah. Praise God. Somebody lay a hand on your chest and say, it's for me. It's for me. Praise God. I like what Johnny James said years ago. He said, all of the word of God is not necessarily to us, but it's all for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are passages that deal with uh, children, passages that deal with women, passages that deal with men only. Passages that deal with priests only or the high priest only. Those passages may not be necessarily always to us, but every single part of it from the first word to the last word is for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Every bit of it is for us. And he's saying, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, brother of James. We don't even know what James that is. Some people think it was James the brother of Jesus. Or maybe James the Just out of Acts chapter 15. Whoever this was, whoever this brother was, you know, this some people think this might have been this Judas here might have been Jesus' own brother. Or maybe it was the Judas, the second Judas, not a scary, one of his, his uh, apostles. Whoever it is, he's saying, I'm writing to the church. I'm writing to the redeemed. I'm writing to, if you will, the saved folks. 
let this letter go around to the saved folks. It's not even for the world. This is not going to be a good letter to win lost souls with. <laughs> he said, well, isn't all the word? Yes, whatever the Lord leads you to do. But what I'm saying is this is for us, a special letter for us. And really, if you start looking at all of those letters, you find out they're really all for us. Amen. Verse 2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So what, what this guy's doing, I don't know, we don't know, we don't know when it happened, we don't know how it happened, but you ever wonder, like out of Genesis 15, where it says, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham in a vision, and he spoke to Abraham, and he did this, and he did that. And anybody wonder, like when John the Baptist was in the wilderness, and the Lord told him to go baptize, how did that happen? Anybody wonder about those things? I do. You know, how many, let me, let me do this. This will this be a fun little exercise. How many feel like you've ever heard from God? Okay. Okay, no, no one's going to admit that they don't feel like they ever have. So we're going to make you raise your hands now. No, we won't do that. We won't do that. But that, that was just about everybody. Just about everybody in this room feels like at one point or another, or maybe hopefully often, you hear from God. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And... When you get to a place where, you know, you're mature enough of the things of God where you are able to distinguish the voice of God, how do we do that? We, we do that by staying in the Word. Yeah. Stay in the Word. So that when voices come at us, we know, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. That can't be the voice of God. It's got to be some other voice. Now, recognizing that other voice, may it may be helpful and it probably may be necessary to have the gift of discernment of spirits, but even if you don't have that gift, you can at least know it doesn't line up with the word. It's not God. Right. You know, it's not God. Right. So we can at least, all of us commonly can get to that level. And I believe that's what Jude is saying. Beloved, when I gave all those to write unto you of the common salvation. That word common in the Greek can be a good word or a bad word. Like in the book of Hebrews where it says, we trample, we tread down upon the word of God to make it, a, oh, the blood of Jesus Christ, to make it a common thing. Mm -hmm. Anybody remember that verse? Mm -hmm. Well, now, that, it's the same word. It happens to be the same word in English as well, but it's the same Greek word, okay? And it, it, it's koine, like koine Greek. It's common, okay? It's, it's a word that means every day. It's just every day, whatever. Sometimes that can be good when it says, you know, we're talking about our common salvation. Well, we're talking about a good thing there. Mm -hmm. Okay? And other times he says in Acts chapter 9, I think it was, he said, don't call those things which I have made clean, common, or unclean. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. I, if I've elevated something, don't you say it's down here. Right, right. The blood of Jesus Christ is never a common thing. Why? Because all people will not have it in common. We know that all the way back to Exodus, where not everybody had the blood applied, right? On their doorposts and on their lentils. It wasn't common. Praise God. And speaking about common, I hear a lot about common sense, and I love that expression. I don't rely on common, uh, common sense because 
uh, since isn't all that common, you know? But uh, a lot of people out there, they're acting like they're working in common sense. But common sense against God ain't sense at all. That's right. Whereas God, the, the, the Bible tells us very plainly what God tells us to do, and the word of God will be foolishness to other folks, right? Mm -hmm. So don't rely on whether things make sense or not. Just tell God, uh, just tell God, I'm going to do whatever you're going to tell me to do. Right. If, I, if I need to walk down the street with a pink shirt on, I'll do that. If I, uh, well, enough examples. <laughs> I was going to get weird a while, but I don't think it's time for it. So anyway, he's going to, he says, I, when I gave all diligence to write into you of the common salvation. In other words, I'm talking to everybody equally. Mm -hmm. Equally. It was the book of uh, Luke, I think somewhere in the Luke 19, uh, we hear about the parable of the 10 pounds. And uh, we're not going to turn there just because I, I assume uh, most everybody knows that parable. If you don't, it's, it's simply this. Jesus gives us a parable uh, talking about a, a businessman who gave a certain measure of money to each one of uh, his 10 servants. And um, they were all supposed to invest it and use it and make an increase so that when he came back out for a long time, they were going to give him a profit. That's the bottom line to it. And uh, one guy did awesome. He took one pound, turned it to ten. Another guy did really, really good. He took one pound, turned it to five. Uh, the other guy uh, didn't, didn't really do anything at all. He just gave the pound back. Mm -hmm. And in that parable, we are only told about what happens to three of the guys. What about the other seven? There was ten of them. We're not told about what happened to any of those guys except for uh, at the very end it says, bring those wicked servants in front of me and uh, cast them. In the, and, oh man, we get serious now. You know, we can't treat what is common to all of us as something that is common to the world. Right? Even though it might be a common salvation to me and you, it's not common. It's not on a low level, even though God chose to use the word when he's talking to his church. And that's another one of the reasons why we know this letter is written to the church, because it's not written to the general population, even though I'm sure the Almighty God in his wisdom can use even verses out of here to save folks. Okay? God can do anything. Yes. And he wrote all this, and it's for our edification and education. Amen? Amen. But really, its chief purpose is to edify the church, to grow the church, to mature the church. And it's put right at the end to say these, uh, and, and that, that makes me feel like these are the issues that are going to be the final maturing issues. That's just my opinion. You can take that or leave that. That's all right. I don't find that in the Word, and I don't find that in Jude. I just, it's my opinion. It just so happens the order of the books were put like this, and it kind of solidified for whatever reason. Nobody knows because everybody had their own order. But all of a sudden, when it got to this order, it stabilized. This was like 500 years ago or more. It just stuck in this order. And I believe it's because the hand of the Lord said, we're going to stay right there. Again, my opinion, you can take it or leave it. But he's talking about the common salvation, but he's talking to people that it's common too. But he doesn't want to tread it down. See, I believe those pounds were something each and every one of us gets equally. 
If we look at Matthew chapter 25 and study the, the uh, parable of the talents, we a lot of times think it's the same parable. It's not. It is different because in this case, he only had three servants and he passed out a different measure of pounds, right? He gave one guy, what was it, five, another guy, three or four. I can't remember anymore. Uh, but there was a different measure that he gave them, which means... It was not unequal. So when we're talking about gifts of the Spirit or different talents God puts in us, uh, then yeah, you may have more than me. I may have just one. But as long as I use that for the kingdom of God, yeah. it, it, that's fine. Yeah. Praise God. If you have ten of them, then make sure you use all ten for the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. Don't go out there to, to cut a record deal and to make millions of dollars. That, that's not what God gave that talent for, right? Right. Praise God. And unfortunately, we see a lot of uh, people coming up, even in Pentecostal churches, that take that God-given talent to go out and make money. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're talking about something common. That that those pounds that he's talking about. He says those pounds are like something Kyle got, John got, Tab got, Dave got, Sister got. You know, everybody, 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 everybody that got the Holy Ghost, you got this. Mm -hmm. And we're all supposed to invest it. Yes. Now, only three guys were dealt with. Because only three guys gave anything back at all. You know what that means? It's, I think this is what it means anyway. I think seven of those guys didn't have anything to give back. That's, that's not a good percentage. Now, the good news is, with the first guy, that, that businessman got everything he originally gave out. He got all of his capital, right? Got it all back. Yep. Right? Yes. Everything he laid down, he got back in one minute. So praise God for that. So anything that else that came in after that is all free and clear profit. Right. Alright. Am I losing you on this? Nope. I'm not trying to lose you. But it's still, when you think about he entrusted ten of those guys. He could have, at the very least, gotten all ten back, plus the nine profit and the other profits, right? But he didn't he didn't get that. Seven of them are not even mentioned except for destruction. I know that's a fearful word, but we're not here to bring fear. We're here to bring faith. Amen. This is the purpose of the service today, to build faith. In fact, this is, what, this is what he's saying. I wanted to talk to you about the common salvation, but I had to put that on hold. And you notice at the rest of the book, he really doesn't go much back to it. He does hit it briefly at the end. But he said there's some things that I have to talk to you about before we talk about what is common to us and what needs to grow in us. Mm -hmm. Everybody with me? Yeah. Yeah. And I won't, I won't read them here. You can read it on your own if you want. I know we're probably familiar with this, but again, let me read it. When I gave all diligence to write unto you with the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. I, I had to set that aside even though that's what I wanted to talk about. Anybody have that experience? You want to talk to someone about something and they just won't talk about that with you? <laughs> Come on, I want to get on my conversation. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what happened to you. Lord, I wanted to write a nice flowing and flowery letter and tell all these guys what wonderful people they are. And you're telling me not to. Doesn't mean the Lord doesn't love us and doesn't think we're awesome people. He wouldn't have saved us otherwise. Amen. But he says it was needful for me to write unto you to exhort you that you should earnestly contend 
for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contend for it. Does that mean fight each other over it? No. No. We fight for it. Because he was just talking about common salvation. He's not going to just dismiss what is common to us if now we have to struggle with one another. When Jesus says, strive ye to enter in at the straight, straight gate. Is he talking about elbow your brothers and sisters out of the way so you can get in first? No, I don't believe he's talking about that at all. This is not a competition. This is a cooperation. Yes. Praise God. If we have to, we, we strengthen the feeble knees and we help carry them in. Praise God. Now, everybody's going to stand before God on their own. But what I'm saying, if we can help someone along the way, or maybe a lot of someone's along the way, then let's do it. Because it's not a competition. Who gets to the table first? It's a cooperation. We need to help one another as, as much as we can. Get into this thing. When, when Paul, in, uh, in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4, says, Endeavor to keep the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. Was he saying fight each other? Well, that would be stupid. Right. Because he's saying strive to keep unity. Right. He's not saying endeavor to break everything apart. Right. No. He just says, I'm beseeching you, brothers. I'm beseeching you. Now I'm mixing up Romans chapter 12, but he's like, I'm begging you, brothers, that you walk worthy of your vocation, your calling, of the job God's given you. Here, Jude is saying, I needed to exhort you that you would earnestly. In other words, this is not a casual thing we're doing. Earnestly. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to live for God if it kills me. So, oh, pastor, do you have to take it to that level? Well, Jesus took it to that level, so I think we have to take it to that level. When he tells us, take up your cross and follow me, even before he himself even took up his cross naturally... And I think he was serious. Mm. And you got to understand, in, in, in the Roman world of that day, what a cross was, we, we already know what a cross is, but understand, that was their executioner's stake. That was their, ex that was their electric chair or their lethal injection, right? That, that was their capital punishment. It wasn't the only thing they did, but that was one of the things they liked to do the most. That's how they killed capital offenders. You know, I mean... He's saying, take your lethal injection and follow me. Mm -hmm. But what kind of... What? Well, that's the same Jesus in John chapter 6 that said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said, this is too weird for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> Didn't they? Yeah. Yes. If, you don't, if you don't believe me, you can read John chapter 6. Yes. It's in there. Yes. Praise God. When Jesus says, there's one thing you need, rich young ruler... Sell everything. Oh, come on. You could tell anybody in the world that would be hard. Even if you only had two cents, it would be hard to give up everything, right? Mm -hmm. Especially since if you only had a little, you're like, this is all I got. You're telling me to get rid of the little I have? Mm. You know? But it's even harder for people to have a whole lot. Mm. That's what Jesus said. It's harder for them because the message is the same to all of us. Sell it all. Back to Matthew chapter 25, the, the, the parable of the ten virgins. You know, they all had lamps. They all had oil. They all were called of God. They were all pure before God. They were all saved. And yet some of them ran out of the oil. 
it is at least suggested by some that the reason why is because the five wise ones sold everything to make sure they had enough oil to last until the Lord comes back. The other ones only had enough to make them feel good at least for a while. Right? And to light the way at least for a while. But it wasn't enough to carry all the way through because they didn't sell everything. Now that's a tough word. But when Jude at the very end of the Bible says, I needed to write to you and exhort you that you have to earnestly contend for the faith. Now I think he means it. So faith is not a, just a good feeling we get in our hearts. Oh, I believe Jesus. Praise God. It's more than that. What is faith? I mean, we could, we could sit there and bring a long lesson out. Now, I'm not here even to try to teach you. It's just to try to build you up on your faith. Yeah. That this is the whole purpose of the service. I didn't even have a sermon today. So it, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm, I am casting about in the spirit. But I'm not saying this is not the word of God. This is the word of God. For right now, for us, if we don't do anything else but increase our faith. I mean, we can tell the difference between faith and belief and trust and hope. And they all are subtly different. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, in order to believe someone, you have to trust them. Right? Yes. I mean, if you, if you heard someone uh, telling you things, if you didn't really trust what they were saying was true, then you're not really going to believe them. If you have a guy that's always playing jokes on you and always, you know, playing pranks on you and whatnot, and you're sitting in your easy chair and he runs into the room and said, the building's on fire. You might just say, ah, get out of here. Sure. Even if the building really was on fire. And by the time you smell the smoke, it could be too late. Yep. Right? Yep. Well, the reason why you didn't believe him is because you don't really trust that he's going to tell you the truth. Praise God. Now, so first of all, we've got to trust Jesus. We gotta trust Jesus to tell us the truth more than we believe the devil can lie to us. Okay? Come on now. We gotta believe that Jesus can tell us truth and deliver truth to us when we want him. Anybody here that wants Jesus? Anybody here that wants to grow in Christ? Anyone here that wants to be like Christ? Then we have to trust Jesus is more powerful to make us like him and to save us than we are that the devil can deceive us. You know, there's a lot of folks in Christendom today, even in good old apostolic churches, that believe more what the devil can do than what God can do. And that's a shame, folks. That's a shame because it speaks of people that aren't earnestly contending for the faith. And when we say faith, it's too easy just to say, well, that's our system of beliefs. That's our apostolic doctrines. No, that's not what it's saying here. He's saying earnestly contend for what you know Jesus is telling you. Yes, amen. Not just a set of doctrines laid down by your church. Or by your pastor, or by the board, or by your organization, or by you know the council of churches, or <laughs> whatever people trust in these days, right? No, nope. by what's coming by the Spirit confirmed in this Word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. You know, sometimes we we want to trust in a man. We want to trust. Well, Pastor, I trust you to tell me the truth. Well, if you guys trust me, oh, that makes my heart feel good. That's fine. And that's fine. Especially if I'm following Christ, right? Amen. The word there in 1 Corinthians 11 uh, is a little bit different. You know, the word follow there means a little bit different than what we think of in modern English. Follow uh, five, four, five hundred years ago meant 
uh, could also mean, sorry, to um, imitate, right? Today, when we say the word follow, we don't really think of imitation, right? We think of, you're going in this direction, I will, I will come behind you and also walk in this direction. But we're not really thinking of the word imitate so much. But four or five hundred years ago, that's really what the word in Greek meant. Well, I mean, in English meant because they were translating a word out of Greek that meant imitate. Okay? Imitate. He's like, be imitators of me. Right? Imitate how I follow Jesus. Now, in modern English, I could say, do you follow? Right. Do you, do you follow? Yeah. You follow what I'm saying here? Well, you're sitting in your seat, and I'm not really moving around, so well, what do you mean follow? Well, it means mentally right. track you, right? right. Some, some, some people say that a lot. Are you tracking me? Yeah. What that means is, are you seeing the evidence that I'm laying down, and you're following after it, right? Mentally yeah. following after it. So those are things, that, you know, anybody ever see those stupid cartoons where the old uh, butler goes, walk this way? <laughs> and everybody follows him behind. You know, you know. Well, see that the reason why that's funny is because when you say walk this way, it can mean walk in this direction or walk like I'm walking. But notice, notice if you said something like if the old butler said follow me, it wouldn't be funny if they all started imitating him. Can you see that? So our modern connotation of the word follow doesn't really mean imitate anymore even though originally it did. But when, so it was fine to be translated that way in 1 Corinthians 11, but the Greek word means to imitate. Listen, when you see me living for Christ, imitate that. Until the point where you're just following Christ. If it helps, you know, like a, a, a young boy growing up in his father's shop, you know, let's just say that his dad works with metal, you know, we're going back to the medieval days now. He's a blacksmith, and his, his son is, is watching him work the metal, right? Working the metal. Now, that kid might just be sweeping up iron filings, right? Mm -hmm. But he's learning how to be a blacksmith. Right. Well, how is sweeping up a bunch of iron filings going to help this kid be a blacksmith? He's in the presence of his father. Right. He's in his presence, and he's taking things in. He's watching his dad beat on that hot metal, and he's watching him thrust it back in the forge and, and hit the bellows, right? And that thing glows to a certain, uh, to a certain redness or yellowness or whatever the blacksmith thinks is best. And then he beats on it again and shapes it, and he's learning. He's learning. He's learning. So that when he becomes uh, an apprentice and when he becomes a journeyman and someone comes along and says, I need uh, six shingles for my barn door. Fear doesn't rise up in his heart, even if he's never done it. Why? Because if he can't do it, his dad can do it. Right? Amen. He knows he can just turn to his dad and say, hey, dad, uh, teach me how to make a shingle. Uh, or a, a, a hinge. Sorry, I said shingle. A uh, hinge. Uh, teach me how to make a hinge for, for uh, six hinges for his barn door. Right? Mm -hmm. He can just do it. He can just do it. He knows and he has confidence. When we're imitating, that's what we're doing. We're following so when he, when Jude, now back to Jude, he's saying, earnestly contend for the faith. When we hear God, when we have put this word into us, and we're praying in the Spirit, and we're starting to learn what the voice of God is, and we see people of God, it doesn't always have to be your pastor, by the way, but when we see people of God walking the way they should walk in Christ, 
what Paul is saying is imitate that. If you don't know all of it, trust that God's got you. Right. And even if your pastor falls off the deep end, trust that he's not going to tie a chain to your leg and drag you off with him. Have we ever heard of men of God falling? Mm -hmm. I know I have. Yep. Okay, now we're not here to diminish your faith in the word, diminish your faith in men of God. What we're here to do is build your faith in the one that gave the truth in the first place. Amen. Praise God. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians. Because they believe not a love of the truth, because they receive not a love of the truth, they, they believe a lie, right? They receive strong delusion instead. Because they didn't love the truth. Who's the truth? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. His word is the truth. I know we're talking real basic stuff here today, but this is where we've got. I mean, it's an earnest contention. Now, beginning with, with number four, it says, For there are certain men crept in unawares. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, he said, Grievous wolves will come in among you. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I want you to think about this just for a minute. When uh, In the book of Acts, it says that Paul, in the province of Asia, reached every soul with the gospel. Anybody find that pretty impressive? Yes. Now, I'm not sure exactly how big the province of Asia was, but it was, it was that eastern, or rather western part of Anatolia, modern-day Turkey. It was, a, it was a Roman province within that land, and we know of seven, actually we know of eight churches, including uh, Colossae, which is near Laodicea, but those seven churches to Asia, those were all in the province of Asia. I think we all know that, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just those seven cities, though. There was a lot of cities and towns in that province. Right. Paul, in the space of two years, reached everyone in the province with, with the gospel. And then we have a letter that Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said, all they which are in Asia have turned against me. That's heartbreaking. He went and did this awesome work based out of Ephesus and reached every soul in a province. And then some years later, we don't know how long, because they don't unfortunately write dates for us. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's probably a reason for that. We don't need to know the dates. But anyway, uh, sometime later, Paul is writing to Timothy and said, as you know, all they which be in Asia are turned against all." They, which be in Asia, are turned against me. Isn't that sad? I mean, Paul went in there as an apostle. He started all these churches. Probably all the seven we read about in Revelation were probably started by Paul. We, we guess, anyway. We don't know, but we guess. And then sometime later, they all turned against him. Well, he warned them, and, uh, these, those Ephesian brethren, in Acts chapter 20. Because he knew he was going to be not on the mission field anymore after that. He just knew it in the spirit. He had gotten every kind of prophecy you could get. Don't go to Jerusalem. He said, no, i got to go to Jerusalem anyway. I'm not really sure if that was good or bad of him to do. I think it was the leading of the spirit. But anyway, uh, that's my opinion. But what did, he did know is, this is probably the last time I'm going to be with you, brother. So I've got to warn you, grievous wolves are coming in. You've got to watch for it. That's why you've got to earnestly contend to, for what you know is truth. Of the word. Right. Not fables, okay? Not make believe. 
You know, Paul was constantly warning them, don't get involved with all this genealogy and all this Jewish fable stuff. Okay? It's not going to be that helpful for you. It might be fun to study. And I like to study all kinds of stuff. And, and it's, it's fun for me to study. But when it comes to the walk in Jesus Christ, we've got to get right down to brass tacks, don't we? I mean, I, I like to use science examples, and I, use, I like to use history examples, and I, use, I, I, mean, I, I like to use uh, uh, word examples, and all these kinds of examples, and, and some of you don't really like that stuff, but I will attest and I will admit that really what comes out of this word is the important thing. If we can tie your understanding into something, great, but if not, let's just get back to the word. Come on. Yeah. Because it's the word and the spirit. And service in those things that will save us to the end. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Amen. Praise God. And so we're not lifting up any man. We're not tearing down any man. We're, we're not lifting up any doctrine. We're not tearing down any doctrine. We're just saying get rid of everything and get back to the word. If this thing doesn't say it, don't worry about it. Okay, where does it say in the Bible that you have to wear a tie on Sundays? Sorry, Brother Stephen. I know you got a tie back there. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> but uh, where does it say you have? Well, it doesn't say that. Well, that means we don't. Well, it doesn't mean you don't. It means you pray about it. Right? right. right? And it doesn't mean automatically. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything, so I'm just going to go automatically to the negative. Well, humans, fleshly humans, do the same thing in the positive. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about it, so I'll go to the positive. It really depends on what we want a lot of times. But that's not contending for the faith. Because the faith can come not just by the word, but by the spirit. The Lord can tell you the minutia and lead you in the small things, and he should. Amen? To the point where he says, lay aside, this is Hebrews chapter 12, lay aside every weight and every sin. But he says weight first, doesn't he? Well, what are those weights? The weights of those things that we don't find clearly defined in the word, that we in our carnality decided to attach to, that the Lord was not telling us in the spirit to attach to. So get rid of them. And it might be different for every one of us. So, well, that seems like an awful lot of work. <laughs> well, what about earnestly contend for the faith? Sounds easy to you. <laughs> I, Brother Mahan, he preached here years and years and years ago. Um, he said... I don't preach easy believism because try believing. It ain't easy. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. But if you will trust the Lord, you will believe what he says. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're trying to build faith in it. I'm taking way too long to do it. But beginning in verse number four, he goes on for a long stretch about these guys who have crept in. And what have they crept in to do? To subvert you. They've, come, they've crept in to tear you down. They've crept in to deny the authority of God. Mm -hmm. They've crept in to spread false doctrines. They've crept in to disrupt the move of the Spirit. They've and I'm not talking about anybody. It's a, who oh, is he talking to me? I'm talking what God tells me to talk because I trust him that Amen. he's telling me to say it. Amen. If it applies, then, then repent. Amen? Amen. That, that's all it is. It's no condemnation. Right. It's just God saying, say it, believe it, trust God that he's got a word for you. And trust the Holy Ghost that's inside of you that will identify with the word that this little guy's talking about, right? But he goes on for a long time talking about these evil guys. And he says some pretty tough things about them. He compares them to devils that are chains of darkness. My goodness, you can't get any worse than that. But 
He begins again in verse 20. I think finally, after he, he delivered his soul, he kind of came back to the common salvation, right? In verse 20, he said, but you. In other words, he's saying, the guys I started talking about in verse 4, that's not you. You watch out for them, but that's not you. Amen? But you, ye, my uh, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He gets back to it, doesn't he? He finally gets back to that common salvation. He had to take a long break because the Lord said, it'd be great for us to all pat, pat each other on the back and say, praise God, you're saved. Yeah, I'm saved. Hey, you, did you baptize, get baptized in Jesus' name? Great. Yeah, okay, you're saved. Did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? Evidence speaking? I go, okay, you're good. You believe in the one of God? Okay, yeah, you're wearing the right clothes? Yeah, okay, you're good. You know, uh, and we can just all pat each other on the back and say, praise God. We're just going to huddle in our little huddle and say, God bless us and nobody else because we're the best. But that's not how you stay saved, folks. You stay saved by trusting in the Word and the Spirit. Amen? Amen. And you stay saved by becoming like Jesus. Yes. And Jesus never hid in the hole. That's the reason why Jesus said, if they say I'm out in the desert, don't believe them. If they say I'm in a closet, don't believe them. It's like lightning shining from the east to the west. And, and I'm not hiding, folks. Praise God. I mean, my goodness, uh, one, guy, one guy said, and this is not even a believer who said it, he said the Christians won. Our whole dating method is based on one, man, one man's life. You know, we live in the year 2021 because we are assuming roughly 2021 years ago, a man was born. That man was Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He said the Christian. In other words, the Lord's not hiding. God made a seven-day week from day from week one. Yes. And we are still on a seven-day week. There have been several cultures down through the years that have tried to change that. We are still on a seven-day week. Because God said, This is my pattern. I win. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I'm gonna win. Praise God. There are certain things I will not leave alone. Uh, one guy said it this way. God will go out of his way to do things his way. In other words, he'll shunt you right aside. If you're not going to work with me, you're not going to win. I win. Praise God. So if we're imitating him, we win. Amen. Hallelujah. If we're walking his path, we win. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. It will be health to your navel. Amen? It's going to be the health in your body. It's going to be the health in your countenance. Every part of you is going to be magnified, glorified. Hallelujah. Justified. All that good stuff. Praise God. I'm getting excited. I finally started preaching. I'm done. Here we go. But beloved, and this is what, what the Lord's telling me all the way from the beginning. We've got to fight for the faith. But then after we realize there's a lot of people that would try to fight against us, he's not fighting everybody, but watch out for the ones who want to fight you. Watch out for the ones that always want to argue. Watch out for the ones that are always contentious. Watch out for the ones that cause divisions among you. Watch out for the ones who, who claim to have the power of God, but they totally deny it. Watch out for the ones who sow discord among the brethren. 
You watch out for them. Watch out for the murderers and complainers. Don't go their way. Don't listen to that cantankerous, nasty spirit that always wants to fight in the church. James went so far as to say, whence come quarrelings and fightings among you? Isn't it from your own lusts? And he went on, man, my goodness, James was tough. He went on to say, you adulterers and adulteresses, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Wow, is God allowed to talk to us like that? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and if God anoints a man of God to talk to us like that, is that allowed? Apparently. I'm not trying to beef up my own chest here, but apparently it is. No, don't worry. I'm not going to take the stick out and start beating people here today. We'll do that next week. But anyway, right now, we're building us up. We're by the word of God of the Lord, by the spirit of the living God, we're building us up. So build up. How do we do that? We pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 14. What is it then? I will pray in the spirit, and I'll pray with the spirit, and pray in the understanding also. I will sing in the spirit, or with the spirit, and I'll sing in the understanding also, right? Mm -hmm. Praise God. Now, I'm not going to try to make anybody sing in tongues. Don't worry. If God lays that on you, go ahead and do it. Say, well, I don't speak in tongues as well as you do, Pastor. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. This is not a competition. Right. This is not about how spiritual you can be as compared to how spiritual, and I can prove how more spiritual I am than you. That's not what it's about, folks. It's about when I see you lacking in something, I go up and I help lift you up yes. to whatever I might be able to give you. And then we both kind of keep following after Jesus together. Praise God. Praise God. It's not about putting anybody down or lifting anybody up, but if you can, at least praise God. Yes. That I think we can all do that. Yes. Amen. Psalm 150, let everything that hath breath praise God. Yes. Amen. Praise God. So this is, the, this is the end, but he does go on for a couple of verses, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Others, save with fear. In other words, listen, whether you're using compassion or whether you're using harsher methods, the whole idea is let's help each other get saved. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. What are we... What are we you know what? Stay, 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 stay seated. Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord? At the very least, we can praise God. At the very least, we can use the breath that God has given.